Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I am your host, Adam Meredith. This episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Jombo Superfoods. You can go to jombocbd.com and check out their full line of products. I absolutely love these guys. I met the owner or one of the owners some time ago and you know he's just an amazing human and then I actually met the founders um, at the beginning of this year and man they're just some amazing humans as well so these people really care about what they're doing they're producing all high quality products none of the junk none of the fillers none of the bullshit you're just getting what you need uh, in a safe way so go check them out they have topicals i absolutely love their muscle bomb they have sprays they have drops they have stuff for both you and the pets uh, i absolutely love their new cbd extra virgin olive oil it's cold pressed which is important when it comes to anything whether it's your fats or your protein you want to make sure that these things are low temperature processed because what that is going to do uh, is it's going to help keep the integrity of the molecules in place. Anytime you are cooking protein or you're cooking fats on high heat, it, 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 it's going to, in, in the case of protein, it's going to denature the protein. And in fat, uh, I might be misspeaking right now, I'm pretty sure it's going to cause oxidation of the fats, which is going to lower the bioavailability of these things. It's going to lower the quality of these things. And it's just not where it's at. So you want to make sure that the things that you are using are produced in the best way possible. And that's why I love Jumbo Superfoods because they are not cutting corners. They are doing these things correctly. So go check them out. JumboCBD.com. You will save 20% off of the entire order just by using the code OUTSIDE. And guys, let me tell you, they don't do the 20% for everybody, but they are doing it for our, for our listeners here of Outside Perspective. So they do also do the buy two, get one free. So throw two in your cart. I bet you they give that third one to you for free. And then you'll save 20% off of that whole order. So it's a win-win for everybody. Go check them out, jombocbd.com. Use the code OUTSIDE when you check out all right my guest today is sean thomas sean is an entrepreneur he is a mentor he is an investor he's a cool dude man true pleasure you know meeting him and being able to sit down and have a conversation with him it's not the first time i've actually been to his house but it is the first time i met him the first time i went to his house was to uh sit down with David Whitley uh, on an earlier episode, so you can go back and, and check that out. So I was a little bit familiar with the surroundings, and uh, it's pretty cool to see, you know, I, I'll go to Sean's original mentor page, which is formerly Ask a Millionaire, and he'll be doing lives, and I'm like, oh man, yeah, I recognize that, I recognize that, that's cool. Just, just to have that familiarity was pretty cool, uh, but Sean's a good dude. Uh, he's doing a lot of amazing things with uh, with mentorship. He just recently launched a company called Accelerators Organization, which is designed to help American uh, entrepreneurs scale their business to to seven figures uh, in a in quickly. I guess I say in a quick way, but that's a little clunky. 
help them scale their business quickly. And uh, yeah, it was just a good conversation. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Sean Thomas. Let's gain some perspective. All right, cool. cool. Ready? Cool, so cool, cool. We're, we're rocking and rolling, Sean Thomas. Let's um, do it. Call Sean, not Sean Thomas. Yeah. No. Sean. <laughs> Sean. Well, dude, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, allowing us to like come to your home and set up. I uh, So I, I've been here before, and it's because you're so gracious to like allow me to come record another podcast here prior to this. Cool. And um, so when I'm on like Instagram and like I'm, I'm listening to you like do your lives and it is cool to like see like I see your pool I see like your dogs I'm like there's some familiarity there so it's super cool to see and it's one of the things that has like really stuck out to me because that when I came down the one time it was immediately after one of like the events that you held uh, for like your mentorship tribe yeah. and then you just had another one pretty recently or is it is it about to come up or, or it just had you just had another one pretty recently yep. and um, that was one of the things that stuck out for me like you invite like your tribe like to your home and like you're very personable like whenever you have people come to you um, like what like what about like I guess like your experience with mentors has has kind of led you to like want to really bring people like into your personal life you know what I mean like you're very open with your home. Yep. Well, I think that the reason I do it is there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. You know, there's every major publication, um, individual influencers and experts, everything has become real unpersonable. Yeah. Courses, digital online training, all those types of things. And what's unique about our organization, Accelerator's organization, is it's all personable. Yeah. We've got some online training. We do a lot of stuff in Facebook groups like everybody else does. But the differentiator is everything is like on-demand access to real people. Yeah. Because everything is so discombobulated and a lot of people get analysis paralysis because there's so much information out there. Yeah. And you can't replace the the interaction and the relationship building from meeting people face to face at that that's the highest level is the face to face interactions like we're having right now yeah but a, a followed you know closely behind that would be like a video zoom call um a phone call yeah to an email exchange to the bare bone minimum of text messaging and you know the higher up you go in the hierarchy the more you're going to really build those relationships and mentorship is truly about being a good person and then being around great people. Yeah. And a lot of people mistake that taking an online training or watching me on a live stream, that that's mentoring. And really it's not. It's getting together, whether it's on a voice call or a, or a Zoom call or meeting face-to-face. That's why I do it because that's where the real connections are made. Yeah. yeah. And so what I wanted to do when I started mentoring people was I was like, I wanted to create a platform where people actually felt heard. Yeah. And they got information when they needed it, which – with entrepreneurs, it's usually like, I want it like right now. Right. You like, know, so if I'm watching a course and or I'm reading a book or I'm reading, watching a video, it automatically evokes, well, gosh, I sure would like to ask him a question about this. Right. So I wanted to create something where someone could say, okay, I can reach out to Sean or any of the other mentors and ask him a question immediately. Yeah. And that's kind of the difference. Yeah. And like, we're and I'll tell you this, and I want to say yeah. another reason of having it here at my house is it makes me more money. 
I mean, let's be, let's, let's face it. I got into this mentorship business to create a business where I would love what I was doing and impacting great people. I bought this six acre property here in Franklin, Tennessee yeah. so that I could utilize it for dual purpose. Yeah. I don't have to rent a hotel. Exactly. I can enjoy the comforts of my dream home. People can be involved in it and I don't have to rent a hotel. Right. So it's a better experience for them. It saves me money allows me to make a higher margin on yeah. ticket sales. So, so it's a win-win situation everywhere. Right. Uh, so that's, you know, those are the reasons I do it. Yeah. And people love the intimacy or coming into the house and feeling like they're part of the family. But I actually enjoy that as well. Right. So it's a win-win situation all the way around. Yeah. And then, like like you said, like that really creates that connection. That's one of the reasons why I, like, I only do this podcast in person because like I could do this over Skype or I could do this remote. But like sitting here with somebody and like sharing energy, like you can really create a connection. And then that's where the value is built. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So yep. um, I, I think it's like we live in a time where – like YouTube is so readily available and there's just so much information you touched on it. Like how do you, like you, you need to really sift your way like through the bullshit. Cause there's a lot of like fake, uh, successful people out there who are, who are like toting themselves as like experts. And it's, it's, it's tough sometimes to, to like figure out like, who do I listen to? You know what I mean? So like, do you, what do you feel like, a young mentor should be like look or a young mentee should be looking for when they're trying to sift through all like sift through all the bullshit and you know what I mean? Like they're they're trying to find the Sean Thomases and they're trying to find who can lead them in a very real way to like to their goals, to that seven seven figure goal. Well I think from a startup entrepreneur, all they need is accelerators organization. Yeah. That's it. You know, you want access to somebody. Yeah. There's no like I said, there's no exchange of watching there's just not much of a value proposition to reading or watching. Yeah. When you get a chance to ask somebody a question straight out and get a real answer to your situation, there's nothing more powerful than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't listen to any podcasts. No offense. Okay. It's why I haven't done a podcast. I don't, I read books when I have a problem that I need to solve yeah. and I don't have someone in my immediate circle that I can call and get answers, I might read a book. Yeah. But there's the fastest way to get access to knowledge is to talk to somebody who's been there and done it. Yeah. And also nobody knows everything. So it doesn't matter whether it's me or any other expert or any other entrepreneur or anybody who's successful, no one person knows everything. Yeah. There's always a different and unique perspective that can be acknowledged and learned from having access to a wide variety of resources. Yeah. So when I started to look at, you know what, I'm a business guy. I like to, I like to differentiate myself in the marketplace. When I started looking what was out there, I noticed there was a lot of organizations that did have access to webinars and online courses and things like that, but you didn't get access to the people to ask them questions. So I said, if I'm going to do this, I want to go out there and recruit 10, 20, 30 other proven multimillionaire business owners and have them make their lives available to, for people to ask them questions. Because I can ask one mentor who's been down the road the same question as I asked 10 other people and potentially get 10 different answers because they all have 10 different backgrounds. Yeah. My job as a mentee is to gain access to that knowledge and perspective, take that data and then make the decision that's best for me. Yeah. I've got my style. You've got your style. 
XYZ person might have theirs and it, down the road. I want to gather that knowledge and make the best decision for me. And I think that that's the difference of what's out there. So what I say to people is, listen, you can get mentorship and expertise from pretty much anybody. But I like to look at, is somebody where I want to be? Whether it's financially, whether yeah. it's fitness, whether it's whatever it might be, find somebody who is where you want to be and then get access to them. Yeah. The highest price of access is face-to-face because -face yeah. it takes time. Absolutely. This isn't a one-to-many type of situation. One-to-many being I can talk to a thousand people in my live stream on Instagram right. at once. Yeah. So there's a lot less of a cost for something like that. But when I'm going to meet with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, that's going to be the most expensive. But I can learn something faster by having an interaction face-to-face -face with somebody right away. Yeah. If I have to send somebody an email or go through a contact form, and it might take an hour to get that response, right. maybe, a, maybe a lower cost. Right. So you can only get access to the right mentorship based on what you can afford. Right. And sometimes it's free. You know, sometimes there's a lot of, there's, there's people like uh, my video production guy, you know, we exchange services, we barter services and we help each other. So there is still mentorship out there for free. Yeah. But the most, the most expensive type of mentorship is face-to-face. -face. Right. Face-to-face. -face, I mean, yeah. that's when you have somebody's undivided attention and that's whenever you can get things very like applicable to what you're doing. Um, I was watching one, I don't know if it was a video or a live, I think it was probably a live and you made a very great point. Um, kind of talking about the books. You're like, you can spend 20 hours on reading a book or you can have a 15 minute conversation with a mentor and get something very real world and uh, something very actionable right now to what you're doing. And then you can save yourself those other, you know, 19 hours and 45 minutes to actually go do the fucking work. Exactly. You know, it's just access is the major thing. Yeah. You know, speed is very important, which is why I named my organization Accelerators Organization. In, this, in a startup phase of business, which is who I go after, you really want to accelerate your business as fast as possible. Yeah. And if you're spending 20 hours reading a book, why not just say, here's the problem I'm having. Here's the situation I'm in. What do I need to do to, do to resolve it as fast as possible? Yeah. And talk to somebody who's been there. Yeah. You don't have to spend 20 hours reading that book to get that information. Right. So back to your other question of, you know, what should a mentee or what should a startup person look for? They should look for someone who's reputable. You know, someone who does what they say they're going to do and somebody who's accessible. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for in my mentors and my coaches. I want to be able to, you know, get access to them immediately. Yeah. Because there's sometimes I'm going to be making a decision that is really important and I might need to make that decision like tomorrow. Yeah. So I need to be able to get access to them. That's really important when it comes to mentorship. Yeah. And so that's what I look for. Now, when you were like, when you were first starting out on your journey, right? I mean, um, it's so, it's so interesting to like learn about your history because you, know, you started off as a singer and you're, you're like, you're the, you're the type of person who it seems like you set your mind to something. You're like, I'm going to go achieve that. Right. Mm -hmm. And when, when somebody's young and ambitious, oftentimes, like if, if, if you haven't been exposed to like those positive people or those mentors, you have a lot of people that you respect that are going to tell you, they're, they're going to give you advice based off like their own place in life or their own like insecurities in life. Is that something that you ran into like early on whenever you're like, you're starting your journey on all of this? You know, I wouldn't say I started my journey off as a singer. I started off my journey as an army brat. My, both my parents were in the army. And we just didn't have a lot of money. Okay. And I was just talking to somebody about this, you know, the other day that what really drove my desire to be 
financially successful yeah. was we just didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. So at 12 years old, we, my parents couldn't even afford to put food on the table for me for me because my brother was going to college and they were paying for his college. Yeah. So my dad's like, if you want whatever you want, go get a job and I'll help you get a job. So they got me a job as a paper boy. Okay. So I'd wake up in the morning and I'd deliver newspapers and our treat was to take, I would take my mom to Taco Bell on the weekend and we'd go bowling. Oh, that's cool. And I would pay for it because she just didn't have the money. My dad was in the military and he was off at a, off at a training to be a staff sergeant. And yeah. So that's where my, my desire for, you know, achieving some financial success came from. I didn't have, I didn't really have mentors. My parents were amazing, uh-huh. but they were never going to help me accomplish the dreams that I wanted to accomplish, which at a young age, I had no idea what it is I wanted to accomplish. Yeah. When you're young, you just, you know, you just go after what you want, you know, whatever's in front of you. Yeah, there's not a lot of forethought. Yeah, it's just there like, isn't. Just do. Yeah, we can't, when you are young, we can't think 10 years in advance, 20 years in advance. And, and that has kind of carried with me today. I, I don't even think five years in advance now. I know what I want my life to be in the long term. Yeah. But I don't set like, I've never set five-year goals. Okay. Ten-year goals. I set these big goals, but I never put time limitations or expectations on it. Yeah. I just said, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm just going to reach it as fast as possible. Okay. So it wasn't until I was probably, let's see, I started my company at, in 2002. It was 2006. So I was 36 years old before I got my first real mentor, oh, my okay. first real business mentor. Okay. When I was 25, I got into the insurance business, and I would say that that guy that was the general manager of that, that agency, he was kind of a mentor to me, but at that time, I had no idea what I wanted to do. He just wanted to help somebody sell more insurance so he could make more money, but he was a nice guy, and he helped me learn how to sell, introduced me to great people, and he was kind of that first kind of mentor type, but from a business ownership mentor it wasn't until I was 36. Okay. So that's why I had my decade of desperation. From the time I was 23 to 33, I pretty much lived broke to broke to broke to broke. Yeah. Claimed bankruptcy when I was 25. You know, a very common story among startup entrepreneurs. Struggled for a lot of years. Yeah. I know for a fact that if I w- would have been 25 years old after I came off of my record deal, mm-hmm. if I had mentors in my life at that point and I told them that I wanted to own my own business that I would have been financially successful at the age of 37 I would have done it by the time I was 27 yeah, or 30 far sooner because at that day we didn't have the we didn't have the internet right so we didn't have access to an ask a millionaire we didn't have access to all these amazing people that put themselves out there on social media we didn't have ted we didn't have entrepreneur.com. Yeah, we didn't have resources. Harvard Business Review. We didn't have all these things. So it was like, just go out there and just try anything. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I tell you, that is absolutely the reason that I struggled for a long time. Yeah, like you just had no resources to turn to. <laughs> Nothing. And you're just doing what, you're almost just like walking around in the dark, like hoping that yeah. you kind of hit success. Exactly. And like now, like there are proven blueprints, like you can follow somebody else's path and you should be listening to those people who have, or have done what you're trying to do, right? Well, I wouldn't say you want to listen to them. You want to go ask them questions. Ask them and you questions. want to get real advice to your situation. Yeah. Because we all are where we are. And the best way to go from where you are to where you want to be yeah. is to have somebody tell you, this is what I would do. Yeah. And that's why you could talk to 10 different people like me and say, what would you do in my situation? Yeah. 
I might tell you one way. One of my other mentors might tell you another way. Another mentor might tell you another way. Right. And they're all going to be the right way. Yeah, it's just based off their perspective. You got to figure out what way is going to be the right way for you based on what you want and how you want to do it. Right. But if you talk to five or six different proven successful mentors and experts and they say, well, if I was in your shoes, this is what I would do. Guaranteed the path that they would take you on would lead to success. Yeah. You just have to figure out which path you want to take. Right. But I'd rather have somebody tell me who's been there and been on that journey, tell me how to do it. Than one of my friends who it's all rhetoric right they're working it's based on assumptions and 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 uh speculation yeah you know the higher the speculation you take the more risk you're gonna have in your life right you know if i talk to a, a millionaire on how to be a millionaire they're gonna give me a better perspective than somebody who's only made a hundred thousand dollars but's read about millionaires exactly Exactly. One of the things that's really stuck out to me, um, I've noticed like as people are asking you questions or um, like they're searching for advice, um, you're always coming from your perspective. You're like, well, based off my experience or, you know, like based off what I've gone through, like this is what I would recommend doing or like this is what I would do. Um, was that was that something like you just kind of like learned from like the hard way of like just like giving people like advice saying like this is how you should do it? Like, how did you gain that perspective? You know what I mean? Does that yeah, make I'm in sense? an organization called Entrepreneur's Organization, and they teach this theory of speaking from experience. Okay. And it's much more powerful to speak from a place of experience as yeah. opposed to telling somebody what to do. Yeah. Not many people really like to be told what to do. I really hate being told <laughs> what to do. But if somebody says, well, I've had experience with that. So somebody says, hey, you know, I am, I'm having a problem with an employee, and you know, they just aren't, they don't have the right attitude. If I say to you, well, dude, you need to fire that person. It is, it's not going to carry as much power, yeah. you know, as if I said, you know, I, I went through that. I remember I had this employee that we just could not figure out a way to get them motivated. And so what I did is I sat them down and I just had a good conversation with them. And I asked them questions about why they weren't performing because I knew that they were a better person than they were. And I knew that they, they were a much more positive person. And I wanted to find out why they weren't displaying the attitude and enthusiasm as when we first hired them and what was going on. Hmm. And it turns out their wife had cancer. Oh, shit. And so it was changing their entire life, you know. Hmm. And so what I did is I sat down and I said, hey, what can we do to help you as a company uh, do you need to take some time off? And just by having that conversation, their entire enthusiasm and attitude came back because they, they re recognized that while they're at work, we really need them to perform the role that they, we need them to perform. That type of communication is going to be much more powerful. Now, that was just a story, but that's, what, that's just to intimate the power of experience sharing is much more powerful than just telling somebody what to do. Yeah. It's like those, like I say this all the time, it's like those people that have horrible track records of failure in relationships mm -hmm. but want to give you relationship advice <laughs> right, right? Yeah. the mo the brokest guy on the planet wants to tell you how you should save your money and invest your money yeah and so we all have been inundated with that so much that you can alleviate that by work by using that form of communication by yeah. this is what i did and it carries more weight as opposed to just telling somebody what to do right yeah that's a powerful form of communication um, it's really hard try it out Go to somebody with a problem that you have. Go to five or six different friends and tell them a situation you're going through. And 99% of the time, the first thing they're going to say is, dude, you need to do this. Yeah. 
just try to fix it. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to try to fix it. It's a very guy thing to do as well, but we just want to fix the problem. Right. You know, so, but it's less powerful. It's less impactful. And 99% of the time, the person doesn't go do it because A, they get defensive or they don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. You know, so it's just not as powerful. Yeah. But try it. It's a really interesting exercise. Here's another thing on the personal development side on different tangent. The more we go through in personal development, the higher our level of standards gets when it comes to communication. Yes. And it makes it that much harder when we're when we have relationships with people that haven't gone through personal development. Right. It makes it very difficult. Yeah. Um, that's why, you know, a lot of higher level communication experts, they and especially like if you get into like, you know, um, the uh, Bob Proctor talks about operating on a, on a frequency. We all have this energy. Even monks do this. We, we all have this physiological energy, this frequency that we operate at. Yes. And we operate at this frequency, and that attracts other people to that frequency or people that want that. Right. And so when you start operating at a really high frequency of positivity and enthusiasm and optimism and things like that, you're going to attract more people like that, but you're also going to attract a lot of vampires too. So it's really interesting how your your address book can change as you start to elevate your life. 100%. It's that, wild. Yeah, man. That's one of the things like I'm, I'm, I'm so adamant on like constantly taking audit of the energy that I allow around me. Because, I mean, if you allow the negativity in, like, it will bring you down. And uh, I'm just a big proponent of not only, like, the law of attraction, but, like, the law of, like, radiation. Like, what, like, to your point, what frequency am, am I operating at? Because, like, that is where I'm going to live. And then I'm, I'm also sending that energy out, which, again, to your point, is going to bring people to you. Exactly. And there are a lot of vampires out there. Misery loves company. So, you want me to give you a, a piece of advice that I learned from Don Dapani, who is a guy who's a Hindu priest now and... He was a monk for 10 years. I'll share with you something he shared with us. He said one of the things that he likes to do as opposed to just telling somebody who's a vampire when they come to you to, to ear fuck you with all their shit going on in their life. Yeah. Instead of just being rude and saying, hey, man, I don't have time for you. I don't want to deal with you, which can be rude or whatever. Yeah. Is when that person comes to you for help, say, hey, listen, if you would like me to help you because you know this is what I do for a living or whatever. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'm going to give you an exercise. And when you finish this exercise, come back to me and I'll help you with it. Mm. Here are the top three books on this that I have read and I implemented the things in these books. Why don't you write this down? Here are the three books. I want you to read all three of these books and then I want you to put together a one-page report on each of these books of what your takeaway was on each of those books. Yeah. And when you've done that and you can share that with me, shoot me an email and we'll set up a time to get together and talk about it. You'll never hear from that person again. That's so true because now you're making them do work. But, but now what you're doing is is you're setting boundaries of to what you will and will not do, but you're still expressing that you're willing to help. Yeah. And if someone is willing to help, do all that work and come back, man, I'll work with that type of person all day long because they're showing that they're interested in making a change. Yes. The majority of people aren't. That's true. But you can save face and be a good person and want to support them in a good way by, but also releasing that vampire effect because the vampire will never come back because they realize you're not going to allow them right. to suck the blood out of you. Right. But the right person will do the work and come. And those are the type of people you want in your life anyway. And you can help them. Yeah. That's it's a really like, cool exercise. That's, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Because like you said, the vampire, they'll weed themselves out. Yes. Right. So but I, if you continually be nice to them 
and hear them and you think you're doing them a favor and you're giving them all this great advice and blah, 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 blah. They're never going to take it. Yeah. They just keep coming back to you because you'll listen. Yeah. I had this friend that he would go to me and he had this, I knew he had it on his phone because we would all have this group of friends. He would come <laughs> to me with the problem and I'd talk to him, giving him great advice, thinking I'm helping him. And then he would just go to the next person and go to the next person. And then me and my friends, we would talk and they're like, hey, did, did, did this guy call you about all this stuff? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, Dude, I talked to him for like two hours. Yeah, me too. Oh, shit. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Time. He was stealing everybody's time because he wasn't really looking for help. He yeah. just wanted to Maybe he just wanted be a the vampire. attention. Yeah. He just wanted the attention. I call vampire. those people assholes, right? Absolutely. Like they're just going to ask yeah, you a absolutely. question. They're not going to take the advice at all. Exactly. Yeah. So, I love that meme on Instagram. <laughs> so <laughs> with um, so with the the Accelerators organization is a, is a fairly recent like launch, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you – I mean – you get a lot of vampires coming through on that. Like, what's the process to weed those? We get a few. You know, I don't have an application process because, you know, when you start charging somebody, you weed out the majority of people. Yeah, I mean, that's you kind know, of our yeah, buried entry. Yeah, huh? the buried entry is is if you if you set the if you set the bar high enough, you're not even going to get the right the wrong people in there. But yeah, we get you know people from time to time that just come in there, and it's obvious that they're in there for the wrong reasons. Yeah, and they weed themselves out. Yeah. Um, but by and large, the people that we attract are the people that really want to work hard. Yeah. You know, our MO is, hey, you got to be willing to do the work. you got to be willing to engage, and you got to be willing to help others. Yeah. And so those are the, usually the type of people that we, attra- we attract. And the beauty of a tribe and culture, I mean, like, the tribe will self-regulate itself. Like, if you get into the tribe and you don't fit, like, everybody else, you probably don't even have to do it. Like, everybody else will let them know. They so, will. It's like, hey, man, Absolutely. it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, now, you're doing something very interesting right now online. You're basically, like, you're very, you're like, you're simplifying it, right? Like, you just switched... Um, like your major uh, account, ask formerly Ask a Millionaire, Ask a Millionaire to the original mentor, and like you're taking it back to the old school days of Periscope. Like you're just doing predominantly um, all lives, yep. um, getting you know in contact with the people, answering questions, providing value that way. Like what made you want to like, you know, more is less type approach? Like what made you want to go back to that? I gotta tell you, man, I did a lot. I did a, actually Instagram TV on it today. I yeah. just realized that Ask a Millionaire, even though it was popular, I wasn't getting m- much out of it. Yeah. You know, even though it helped provoke um, the 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 desire to start Accelerator's organization, it just the the word millionaire attracted you know an element of people that I've just never dealt with my in my entire life. Yeah. You know, the people that just wanted handouts, that weren't willing to do the work, that asked me for money like every day. And I'm a very empathetic person. Um, I'm a very giving person. And I just hated saying no to complete strangers a hundred times a day. Yeah, get everybody soft Dude, story. it really wore on me. It really wore on me that all these people with our, their stories and need, yeah. like, like if Bill Gates and all the money that he donates to the world, if he can't solve the problem financially, yeah. I sure as can't because I'm not anywhere remotely near that kind of wealth. Yeah. But everybody has a story and a need, and the Ask a Millionaire name just attracted that. Yeah. And it really just wore on me. I mean, I, I'm, it, just, it just really sucked the energy out of me. And yeah. so I really got – I took it back, and I said, you know – 99% of people would love to have an Instagram account with, with a million followers on it, mm-hmm. but that doesn't do any. The number didn't do anything for me because really there's maybe only a thousand people that I'll end up ultimately developing relationships with and getting to know that are that fit 
you know, my frequency of life. Right. So what good does it do to have a million followers if it's not benefiting me, my happiness? Right. And so, yeah, I just, I, I said, you know, the part that I didn't like was having to create content in the form of memes and all that stuff out there. Yeah. And what the part that I really enjoy and the part that really helped people was when I got onto a live stream and for no other reason than to help somebody else out with my knowledge, take questions and get to know them. And that was the, that's the part I love. That's the part that helps somebody the most. And so it's a win-win, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it was definitely a tough call, but at the end of the day, you know, I just feel like, you know, you got to really focus on what makes you happy. Yeah. And that's the part that made me, made me the most happy on Instagram. I think the beauty of that is you came to a point, you're like, look, I know I could do all this other stuff, but I don't want to do it. It doesn't make me happy. It's draining to me. Dude, I could just, just like, this is, this is probably the best part of this podcast. <laughs> I literally could have turned it into a meme account and started promoting all kinds of get-rich-quick schemes yeah. and literally made millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. There are several people in this space that have accounts like mine that, ha that transitioned over to the dark side and started promoting the crap out of all these different schemes out there, and they're making millions of dollars. Yeah. Millions. Just because of their preying on the naivety of the audience that follows them. And that's just something that I'm not willing to do. For right. money. Like, I'm just not willing to do it. When I started announcing that I was going to close down the account, I had several people say, dude, I'll buy your account. Oh, really? You know, I will, I'll pay you because I know how much money Let your audience is worth. Right. And I was like, no. You know, I have a following that followed Sean for a specific reason. Right. And even if I change the name and you change it to whatever, it still was built based on the principle of what I built. Right. And I'm not willing to do that. So there are people absolutely that are doing that every single day on Instagram, preying on the naivety of the young people, inexperienced people that will fall for anything. Yeah. And it's a shame. And it is an absolute shame. You know, I'm not going to call people out. I'm not going to say who it is or anything like that. But it's just so obvious and it's such a shame. Yeah. Like just a lot of just like hollow content out there, right? You, and you got to the point where it's like, I'm just going to provide the value and the content the way that I want to do it. Yep. I think that's so cool. Um, now, naivete, like you, like that's a strong concept that, that you, um, you, you taught a lot about like yep. at the very beginning. Like, can you speak on that some? Yeah, when people started in the very beginning, when I first released Ask a Millionaire, the biggest question I got was, you know, what led to your success? Yeah. That's the thing that really people kind of want to know is what, what leads somebody with a background like I had, which most people have, what led to the success? And I really want, gave it a lot of thought. And it was because I was naive. And most people think, and I wrote a book about it, The Power of Naivety, and I did a TEDx talk on it mm -hmm. uh, called Naivety Unleashed. And it's about basically just taking yourself back to a time before you got all screwed up by other people's belief systems. And a lot of experts are talking about this from a psychology perspective now, that when we're young, by the time we're 12 years old, we're done with who we are. We are that person, and that's who we are. Hmm. And so by that time, we've only been introduced to teachers and parents normally, yeah. not even jobs. So all of our belief systems of the way that our life is going to work is comprised of the belief systems of the people that are teaching us, our parents and our teachers. Right. 
So unless you were in an entrepreneurial family right. that was teaching you that anything is possible and we're going to help you develop skills and we're going to find what you love to do and what you're good at and we're going to emphasize that, yeah. which not many people grew up in that type of household, right? Myself included. then your limited beliefs are taught of, of hey, be safe. Yeah. Be careful. Oh, yeah. You know, do this, you know, to think of the future. So we're thought with very limited beliefs. Mm -hmm. But when we were younger and our parents said, hey, go play in the sandbox, we didn't think, oh, we got to be, what, do we need to be careful of that? Do we need to walk? No, we just freaking ran across the field, yeah. got into the sandbox. It didn't matter if the person that was there was a boy, girl, lesbian, you know, Hindu, black, white. It didn't matter. Right. We just played with everybody. Absolutely. Because we didn't know that there was any reason not to. Yeah. And it wasn't until we started to get older and those other belief systems came on us that we were like, whoa, yeah. I guess that's the way we're supposed to think. So I always believed that, as I look to the future, I don't want to try to worry about what the outcome's going to be. I would just want to go for it and see what's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you fall for one of these BS Instagram memes about business and like, hey, the true entrepreneur is going to jump off a building and build a parachute on the way down. Yeah. No, you're going to die. Right. That's just stupid. Right. You know, build a parachute, put it on, then jump off the building. And if it looks like you're going to crash, pull it and you're safe. Right. Don't be stupid, you know? <laughs> but so... It's the same thing, though. It's like you, it's 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 a mindset of stripping away all of the belief systems that have been put on us, and realizing that our future can be whatever we want it to be. Yeah. And we can't try to control or predict what the outcome is going to be, and let that fear control us. Yeah. And so that's what the power of naivety is all about: is taking yourself back to that place where you unwind all the stuff that's been forced upon you. Yeah. And then look at the world with a clean slate. Just unlearn and all of that. And if you do that, it's so powerful. And there's a lot of, Don Dapani talks about this. Bob Proctor talks about this. Tony Robbins talks about this. It's all about getting rid of those self-limiting beliefs. 100%. And my spin on it was, I just thought I was just naive. Yeah. And I didn't look at it as a bad thing or a good thing. I just said naive is a fact. Right. We're all naive. Nobody knows what the future is going to hold. Right. Nobody knows. I'm, I'm 49. I don't know what it feels like to be 50. Right. I don't know what it feels like to be 55. So I'm com we're all inexperienced in one way or another. Right. We're all just trying to figure out in some regard. Exactly. Um, now, do you think that like that mindset of like, you know, the, the limiting belief, do you, do you think that's maybe like a byproduct or maybe even just like more common in very like blue collar communities right because so you said you come from like a, a very lower middle class family right military family in alaska i i do i have a girlfriend like backwards missouri on a dirt road on my grandma's farm and there's just a lot of scarcity mindset there's not a lot of people uh, with money like they're not telling you like hey man you can go and like make a living off of art if that's truly what your passion is and you're providing value they don't tell you these things right so you just see a lot of people living like coming from a fear, like a place of fear. I feel like you, we can either operate from a place of love or a place from like fear. And whenever they, they fear things for you, like they think they're doing you good by telling you to like dream big. But do you right. think like that's a mindset that really kind of plagues the, like the blue collar community, do you think? I wouldn't pretend to be intelligent enough or experienced okay. enough to know I'm just from a classification well. of people. That wouldn't be something I, I could address because I don't have that experience. That's fair. But I'll tell you, I, I belong to organizations in which everybody who's in the organization are millionaires and have built multi-million dollar companies. Yeah. And they still have self-limiting beliefs. Oh, okay. You know, it, I think it's just a thing of 
we all have a personal development that at some point, at some, at some time in our life, some of us just say, I want to see what's on the other side. Yeah. Some of us have that curious mindset. I don't know why at, at the age of, you know, 14, 15 years old, I was like, I know I'm not going to stay here in this small town where I'm growing up. Yeah. I'm going to California. Like, I don't know why when I looked at the TV and I saw MTV and I saw these things, I was like, I'm going there. You're doing that. My brother wasn't like that. And he grew up in the same household. I yeah. have no idea why that was the way, that the, the path that I knew I needed to choose. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know from a class of people perspective, but I think that I haven't met a lot of people in my life that haven't gone through a, a serious level of personal development yeah. that don't have self-limiting beliefs. Okay. The people that go through this personal development to figure out who they are, mm -hmm. what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and then start exploring that, mm -hmm. those are the people that seem to be the most happy. Um, because they're the ones that realize, wow, it's awesome to kind of learn about myself. Yeah. And to like, let go of those beliefs that are holding you back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, now why do you think every single successful person or coach or mentor or psychologist or anything is all about personal development and it's all about mindset? It all starts with Everything the mind. is up here, but not many people, you know, get to, a, we all get to a point in life at different stages when we go, okay, I'm going to start working on this. Yeah. You know, we might work on our body and try to feel good fitness wise, but it all really is like up here. It really is. And it's so interesting to see when you get into this space, mm -hmm. the difference of somebody that has a, a, the right mindset of growth and the one that has the limiting beliefs. Right. And it's so easy to see. Yeah. By yeah. the decisions that they make. Mm -hmm. And you can feel it. Like, I feel like when you get around those people, like you can instantly feel back to the energy, right? Like yep. if, if somebody's on that same vibration, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like we are the same. We can figure something out here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now I, I wanted to kind of segue a little bit um, to your, like your early entrepreneurial career and, and, and that of um, like your first business, which you sold. Um, you you've done some things that maybe would be like, like, for example, like whenever you gave up 51% of your company, right? Like that's like one of those things that people have a hard time. Like, like that's my baby. I don't want to give up my baby, but like you had the, you had the, uh, the perspective, I guess, if you will, for the naivety. Term. Yeah. To say like, <laughs> like some of something is better than all of nothing. Exactly. Right? Like, so like what kind of, yeah, I mean, you know, if I would have had, Myself as a mentor at that time, I may have said, hey, don't sell 51% of the company. You can do this. Everything's going to be fine. And that might have been the right choice. Yeah. But, you know, in a, in a, what I always tell people in a first venture, yeah, 100% of nothing is, is nothing. Right. 51% of something is still better than 100% of nothing. Right. So could I have given up a lot of money? Absolutely. Could I have probably negotiated the deal in a better way? Sure. But it all worked out just fine. Right. You know, here I am at 26 years old. Or, yeah, 36. At 36 years old, negotiating, I'm about to sign a multi-million dollar contract, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm $100,000 in debt. I got this big opportunity ahead of me. I know I need help at this point. I probably wasn't even going to be able to close the deal had I not brought somebody in like this guy. Yeah. So he was holding all of the cards, but I had a great opportunity. Right. So he needed me because I was going to help make him a lot of money and yeah. I needed him to help me make a lot of money. It was a win-win situation. Yeah. I probably could have negotiated the deal better and said, Hey, when we get to a certain point, I get X amount of percentage back or whatever. But those are all just little things that would come with business. But at that time it still worked out. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I just think that a lot of times people get scared. And yeah. at that point, I was just oppor- opportunistic and looking at the future. Right. And and I was just excited about the future. Well, it seems like also like... That's where the naivety comes back. By not knowing enough, I was able to do something that ended up great. Right. You know what I mean? But who knows what would have happened if I would have done it a different way. People always say the same thing when I sold the company. It was like, hey, do you ever regret selling the company now that the company's probably doing 70, 80 million in revenue? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? It would have been fun to experience that as an entrepreneur taking a company from 20 million, which, which we were, to now probably 70, 80, maybe even 100 million where they are now. Yeah. It would have been a really cool journey to, to go on that journey and see that. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have done all the things that I've done since 2013 as well and traveled the world and met people and started this new company. Right. So I don't want to live my life with regrets. And 100%. so so yeah, things could have turned out a different way or gone a, gone a different way, but I still, I'm still pretty happy with how it ended up. Yeah. Well, I look at it as like you weren't, you didn't like lead with your ego. You like you saw an opportunity, like you said, and then you saw a partnership which could help you get to like where you're wanting to be, and you like you got out of your own way. Do you, I mean, is that something that you find like so many people will get in their own way of success? Yeah, that kind of goes along with self-limiting beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought I just at that point I don't think it was getting out. Of, that's a that's for me that would be different than getting out of my own way. Okay. At that point I was acting more in naivety and more desperation. Okay. You know I I I think that you know if if you think about the times when you're at your lowest and you're desperate, that's usually when people make the worst decisions. Yeah. Is when they're desperate. I know I did when I was broke. I used to waste money on stuff I never should have wasted money on. And so when you're desperate, that's actually when you should be making the best decisions because you can't afford to be losing at that moment. Okay. Yeah. You need to win. Yeah. When you're desperate and things are against you, you need to win, not lose. And that's what, so that's when we should be making the best decisions. Yeah. You know, when, when you have made a lot of money or you've got a lot of cushion, you can afford to make a bad decision. Yeah. It's not going to hurt you. Right. But when you only have $500, you can't afford to lose $500. When you have a million dollars, you can afford to lose $500. Yeah, it's just like a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So that that's why I'm so passionate about helping the startup entrepreneur because they're at a juncture in their stage of business that they need to be making the best decisions possible. I can't tell you how many people have joined. I'll give you a perfect story. This lady joins the, the mentorship group and she's like, yeah, I was just working with this coach and it was a bad thing. And I, I know I just lost $10,000. I know it. They're not answering my calls or not delivering on the stuff that, that they said they were going to. And, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have met you before because as I'm looking at their stuff and their contract, I would have 100% told you that this company isn't legitimate and you're going to lose your money. Oh, scamming. So then I'm like, did you put it on your credit card? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Call your credit card company. You'll get the money back. You'll oh. get a show that you didn't get it. Get it. She got all $10,000 back. Nice. She would have never even imagined. I could have just called my credit card, and that's what a credit card is there for, a protection. Yeah. And it's up to the vendor that you bought the products and services from to prove that they honored the contract and delivered the services. Oh, wow. It was a slam shut case. Boom. She got her 10000 bucks back. Yeah. There have been so many people like that have gotten into our group that were just like, those are the times you've got to be making the best decisions. Come to us first before you make those decisions. Right. And it happens all the time. When you're making decisions, and I did this a lot when I was younger, when you're making decisions based on gut instinct, based on zero experience of it, 
your your risk level of their decision goes so high. Yeah. So that's when you want to talk to people who have been there and done it. Right. To help guide you during that process. Right. You know, so that's what it goes back to that. When you're desperate, you make these bad decisions when really that's the time you got to make good decisions. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's, it's probably easier to make those decisions or it's easier to make those bad decisions because you're operating from a place of emotion, right? You're not you're not taking a step back and thinking with well, your rational mind. Well, all of it's mind. emotion, but it's based on lack of experience. Okay. That's a difference. Yeah. I'm emotion. I like, I, I, every decision I make is, at the end of the day, going to be made with emotion. I might use data, but at the end of the day, my emotion is going to make the decision. Yeah, the final decision. Yeah, there. but if I have no experience on what an outcome like that's going to be, that's massive risk. Yeah. Trusting my instinct. But now that I've been in business for a long time and, and mentored a lot of people, it's like, hey, if I'm going to make a decision, now it's off experience. I have a better a better idea of what the outcome is going to be. Right. Right. Yeah. But the, you know, so yeah, I think that a lot of people, a lot of people who are just starting out, they're the ones that need the help the most, but they generally speaking won't because they're thinking from self-limiting beliefs. Yeah. It's like, I, it's like, <laughs> you're probably getting off another tangent, but just like the, the early sale, the early company where it's the one person doing all the work. Mm-hmm. They're doing the sales. They're fulfilling the product or service. They're making the product or service. They're collecting the money. They're doing you know, their own bookkeeping and all that type of stuff. And they don't realize that, hey, if you hire a salesperson, that person is going to go out there and make you money. Yeah. But they're like, but I can't afford to pay that person. So they're and looking there's, at a, there's the self-limiting belief. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're looking at it as yeah. an expense instead exactly. of an asset or exactly. an investment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What they just don't know is that, hey, that's how you grow a business. You start producing more sales. And then the rest just takes care of itself. It's, I mean, that's simplifying it, but that's the type of, type of self-limiting belief that a lot of startup in, entrepreneurs have. Okay. Is getting out of their own way. That would be getting out of your own way, not having the mindset of understanding that this is what works. This is how businesses are built. And so a lot of my mentoring isn't about teaching them how to sell or teaching them how to market or teaching them how to hire people. It's really about we got to get your mindset into a law of abundance right. as opposed to a self-limiting belief system, right. law of, a scar- of scarcity, like you said. Right. That's the biggest part. And that's why it's important yeah. to talk to somebody, as we talked about earlier. Right. If I'm watching a video, I'm not going to get that kind of conversation to help my mindset. Right. It doesn't matter if I read it or listen to it or watch it on a video, which are three ways people learn. It's still not going to truly hit me as hard as having a conversation with somebody and then looking at me or answering my question directly. Yeah. Yeah, because to your point, like if they have a question in real time, they can't ask it. Or if, if you're dealing with somebody who has like a vast knowledge on any subject, there's so many like details and intricacies that exactly. you cannot convey through YouTube. Like it's just exactly. not possible. Yeah. So it's, I, I run in that with like jujitsu a lot. So like if I, or if I'm teaching like health and wellness, you think you understand, but it's like, you really don't. Like right. you just really don't. Yeah. Um, and now you've put together. Like a doctor doesn't go, oh, you're feeling that? Cool. Watch this video. Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Yeah, that just, you know? <laughs> everything, everything you need is right here. Exactly. Yeah, man. Now, you've put together um, a very comprehensive— if, if it was that easy uh-huh. to watch videos and read books and listen to talks, everybody in the world would have all the success that they need. That's true. Because all that knowledge is out there for free on the web. It's all out there. Yeah. But why isn't everybody— because it, but you talk to the people who are truly successful, and I don't mean just financially. I mean happy internally, successful. 
Yeah. They've all gone through personal development and probably had a coach or a mentor or a therapist to help them get through it. Yeah. They've all gotten personal attention from somebody who's an expert. It wasn't just because of a book. They may have read some books and watched some videos, but the ones that truly experience breakthrough will always say, you need to call this guy or call this girl because they helped me through this. Yeah. So that, that, that sparks a really good question, and I want to be respectful of your time. Um, how do you define success? What, is, what does success mean to you, Sean? Well, my mentor taught me the same, same thing that I kind of go by, which is a rendition of, of Earl Nightingale's um, personal definition of success. It's that prog- the progressive real- realization of a worthwhile ideal or dream. And so for me, I, I put that into a space of that I'm a constant evolver. Okay. My curiosity of life is just to experience all of life and not to just be, you know, static. So I take in, in developing that personal definition of success, I look at seven different areas of my life and everybody can have, everybody has these seven areas. They might call it something different, but I kind of prioritize them. Like I've got my relationship with God is the number one thing in my life. Then the relationship with my family, then the relationship with the love of my life, the relationship with my friends, my health and fitness my career and money, and then philanthropy, giving back, expecting nothing in return, what I do on my live streams. So I look at all seven areas, and I I set goals around those each year. And what I was taught when I started going through a big part of coaching and uh, coaching for me, to me, was that I got to measure the things that I'm doing because entrepreneurs specifically, a lot of us are very forward thinking and we always look to the future of things that we want to accomplish and we never really appreciate the things that we have or the things we've done. So one of the things I first learned was, and when I was going through this uh, high level of growth in my business was to set goals and measure them and, and realize them and then celebrate the wins that you have. I'm always going to have something new that I want to do in life, but I also want to enjoy and appreciate and celebrate the wins that I have. Yeah. So it was, I really started feeling a lot happier in life when I started celebrating even little wins. Yeah. You know, because then I'm like, man, I did something cool. Yeah. You know, I know I still got stuff I want to do, but I'm happy with what I did. Right. And what I'm doing. And so that that's, you know, that's my balance is always having the goals, but recognizing the things that I've done. Along the way. Along the way, yeah. Right. And that leads to my happiness. Yeah, that's that's a good perspective to have. That's one of the things that I really struggle with because I feel like if, if you do X, Y, and Z, then, like, this, the result is automatic. So, like, if I get a win, I'm like, I'm supposed to get the win. Like, that's what's supposed to happen. Like, when you do this, that's what's supposed to happen. So I had to start implementing, like, a 24-hour rule of, like, just so I'll even celebrate a win because otherwise it's just, like, on to the next thing. Exactly. On to the next thing. Absolutely. Right on. So, <laughs> dude, I really appreciate you taking this time. This has been fantastic. Um, I mean, how many times do you get like an hour with, with the man himself face-to-face on well, Hopefully a, you're going to get to do it a lot dude. with a lot so, of people. Um, dude, thanks again, Sean. Um, yeah, man, that's that's all I had for you, dude. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with or any place you'd like to, to send them so they can check out Accelerator's organization? Um, you know, I would say more so that, you know, for anybody that you've got that's struggling with their self-limiting beliefs – I give everybody my ebook for free okay. and a link to my TED Talk. So I'll get that to you wherever you post yeah, it. Yeah, we'll put those in the You'll, show notes. It's not, a, it's not an email collection list or anything. It's just a straight to a Google Drive that has the PDF of my book and a link to my TEDx Talk. And I think that if everybody watched those, they can start to get ideas of how to, how to live that naive mindset to become happier and live a law of abundance as, as opposed to scarcity. Right on. Hey, Sean, thank you again so Absolutely, much. Absolutely, brother. Man. All right, everybody. Until next time. 
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. If you are getting value out of the podcast, you guys know what the fee is. Just tell a friend, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, like it, share it, do anything that you got to do. Just help us grow this thing. Subscribe on YouTube. All of these things help and they don't cost you a dime. So do that. Also, big thank you to uh convergence media group go over to convergencemg.com if you'd like to check them out they will help if you are building a brand they will help you in this digital world grow your brand presence and awareness that's what they do they help with strategy they help with uh, content creation they help you succeed in this climate so go check them out convergencemg.com also go to imposedwill.com you can check us out over there we are a lifestyle mindset brand just helping folks achieve the most out of life impose their will on life we all have the potential to do it we just may not have the tools so that's where we come in we can help you with that also we do have a full line of apparel so if you would like to check out the apparel you can do that use the code outside when you check out you'll save 10 percent over there uh yeah guys that's all i had for you today i hope you're getting value out of everything just keep being amazing humans and uh i will catch you guys next time i love you bye